0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Conspiracy Convos. I'm your host, Minnie, and I know it's been a little bit since I've dropped an episode. it has been a lot going on, elections and everything that's surrounded that, and it's just, it's been a lot. It's been hard to sit down and, and push out an episode and, and do all that, but we're here now. I've got one put together. I had actually sat down, written out an episode earlier in the week, or I guess late last week at this point. And was like, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I sat down, recorded it, went back to edit it and hated everything about it. So I was like, you know what? We'll start from scratch. We'll do something better. And here we are. So today, let's talk about music. It's a universal language. It's pretty well understood by all. In Close Encounters of the Third Kind, they even used music to break the language barrier between the humans and the aliens. But it also holds some pretty iconic conspiracy theories. One of the better-known theories is the Paul is Dead theory. The legend states that on November 9th, 1966... Haha, <laughs> Yesterday! So, yesterday would have been the anniversary of it. Sorry, I just realized what the day was. Uh, but, legend states that on November 9th, 1966, Paul McCartney was either killed in a car accident, or he killed himself in his car, and the rest of the band was able to keep all of this quiet and slip in a body double to replace Paul without anyone noticing. Now, why they did this, there's a few few different debated reasons. Some say it was to spare the public the grief of losing Paul. Some say it was just to keep it a secret just because they could. So, one way or the other, he was supposedly replaced with a man that had won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest named Billy Shears. And the first bit of evidence used to back up this claim is actually the Abbey Road cover. John Lennon leads the group wearing a white suit, followed by Ringo wearing a black suit, Paul is in a dark blue grayish color suit with his jacket unbuttoned and then poor George follows behind them dressed in all denim. John, Ringo, and George are all walking with their left foot forward, whereas Paul is walking with his right foot forward. And not only is he out of step with the other three, he also isn't wearing any shoes. He's barefoot. The rest of them are wearing either dress shoes or um, a, a boot type shoe, but he's just doing his thing, walking barefoot. And it's thought that John is wearing a white suit because he's the preacher for the funeral. Ringo's in black because he's the undertaker. Paul's just doing whatever the hell he wants because he's dead and it doesn't matter anyway. And George as always gets to the short end of the stick and is assumed to be the gravedigger because he's wearing all denim. And that just doesn't really seem to match the aesthetic of what's going on with the rest of the guys. There's also a car parked to the left side of the street that has a license plate that reads 28 IF or 28 IF. Assumed to be another clue to say that Paul would be 28 IF he were still alive. And people also like to point out that it's strange that Paul is holding his cigarette in his right hand since he was, is, was, is a lefty. I th- I think that that's probably the weakest point of all of this, though, because if you think about it, if they wanted his cigarette to be any part of the aesthetic of the cover, it wouldn't make sense for him to hold it in his left hand. It, the left side of his body is faced away from the camera, so, it, it you know, there would be no reason for them to put it there. It wouldn't be seen. So if that was an important part of his aesthetic, he would hold it in his right hand because his, the right side of his body was what was facing the camera. So this is kind of a... The, uh, it's kind of weak but it's one of the things that people use so so it's it's a little weak but um I did think about something though when I was looking at the cover and looking it all up if Paul is the dead man and he's on the other side so to speak and you know metaphorically he would be mirrored to everybody else in a sense so to him if he was mirrored to them even though to us it looks like he's out of step, to him, he would be in step. I don't know if that makes any sense. But he would he would be mirrored to everybody else. So his cigarette's not actually in his right hand, it's in his left hand, because that's the mirror opposite of how he's holding it. It's, it's difficult to explain if you don't have the picture, but uh, it was just kind of a random thought that I had regarding it. Another bit of evidence that people like to use is the song Strawberry Fields Forever. During the outro of the song, you can very faintly hear John Lennon say something that sounds like, I buried Paul. This has been disputed quite a bit, though. Paul McCartney himself came out and said, no, that's not what he's saying. He's saying cranberry sauce, of all things. Others hear, I'm very bored. Another explanation that's been offered is that Lennon did say, I buried Paul, but he didn't mean it in a literal sense of like, he buried him in a hole under the ground. No. No. He means that the sound that he was creating was canceling out Paul's sound and he was trying to say, no, I buried Paul, meaning my sound buried his and he's not being heard. As far as this part of the song goes, though, I personally think it's one of those things that it depends on. I think it depends on what you're listening for as to what you're going to hear. I played it three times and all three times heard something completely different. I heard Cranberry Sauce the first time. I heard I'm Very Bored the second time and I heard, I buried Paul the third. So I think it's mostly an auditory illusion and it depends on which of the three you're listening for as to what you're gonna hear. I did notice though, while I was researching Strawberry Fields Forever, I pulled it up on YouTube and, and I ended up finding the actual music video for it. And in the video, there are several parts where they have Paul separate from the rest of the group. There's a part where he's in a tree stringing these cables or something. I'm not sure what they're supposed to be, but he's stringing them from branch to branch And there's a, there's a part where it kind of sounds harpish and just very, very kind of airy and just nice. And he's standing up in the tree and everybody's staring up at him and they kind of, they kind of look happy, but he looks very melancholy and sad as he's staring back down, which I would think would be reversed. But either way, it's a very strange artistic moment as it happened, but it seemed like it was almost a nod to the idea of him being distant from them or gone. And it could very well just be them playing into the theory uh, and, and having a laugh between themselves about it. Or it could be could be more. Who knows? There are several theories out there and clues that people pick apart and say are, you know, to Paul's death. I'm not going to sit here and jump into all of them because I could literally be here forever doing it. There are more theories that I wanted to cover that, that don't have to do with Paul's death. Um, but the last one regarding Paul's death is that They say that the Beatles left a little hidden clues in some of their songs. Uh, There's one song that if it's played backwards, it says something like, Turn me on, dead man. In another, there's a line that says, Here's another clue for you all, the walrus was Paul. Supposedly in reference to I am the walrus. But that song is a lot of fucking gibberish to start with, in my opinion. So I don't know how much stock you can put in that. All theories aside, though, Paul McCartney seems to be alive and well. So let's just move on into the next one. The death and body double theory isn't exclusive to singers back in the day, though. That moves us to a nice theory. And that is that Avril Lavigne is not who she appears to be. Or she's just a body double or something to that effect. Her story goes that it's the beginning of her rise to fame to avoid some of the stress of being around fans and uh, I guess is to add some added security she hired a woman named Melissa Vandella, or Vandella, I'm not sure how it would be pronounced. Um, but she hired her to act as a body double. The The events surrounding her death vary a little. Some say a car accident, others say she committed suicide due to the stress of fame. Uh, that while recording an album, her grandfather allegedly passed away, sending her into a deep depression, and she was eventually found in her home, dead. And everyone knew to keep quiet about it, and they just shuffled Melissa in, and were like, here, you take over, you do this now. <laughs> it seems that Melissa might actually suck at keeping secrets, specifically by releasing details about Avril's death in the, her song lyrics. There's a line in the song, Slipped Away, that says, The day you slipped away was the day I found it won't be the same. And some point to this is evidence that these are lyrics, written by Melissa, to say that the day that Avril passed away... And she had to take her place. She realized that her life was forever changed and nothing about it would ever be the same. There's another song, My Happy Ending, and it has a line that says, Don't leave me hanging in a city so dead, held up so high on such a breakable thread. And people like to use this as evidence to say, Oh, it's making mention to Avril committing suicide. It's making mention, if you can hear that in the background, it is my cat going crazy. Um... But they say that this is mentioned to Avril committing suicide or a nod to her possibly hanging herself. There's even the song Here's to Never Growing Up, a title which can mean that Avril isn't able to ever grow up because she's passed on to the next life. Uh, But that song is a pretty nice, catchy, uplifting song. Well, I don't know about uplifting, but it's about staying young. So I don't don't necessarily think that's what that's about. But I just thought it was another cool song to add in there. (laughs) Uh, There's more than just musical evidence out there, though. Some even think that the old and new Avril look completely different. They point to skin blemishes being gone or missing and then reappearing. They claim her facial structure looks different than it used to. Some even say that the change in her clothing appearance is proof that she's a completely different person. The original, quote-unquote, Avril seemed to favor pants over dresses and skirts. She preferred pants over dresses and skirts. Whereas the new, quote-unquote, Avril seems to fancy dresses and skirts over pants. Some have even gone as far as to straight up ask Avril if she was replaced by a clone or a body double, to which her response is typically that the theory's dumb. And the writer of the original blog post actually came out and said, hey, this was never meant to be taken seriously. It was a complete and total hoax. Um, That he was aware that Avril was still alive and well. And he concluded that the post was just an experiment to show how quickly misinformation can spread and how people will believe any kind of conspiracy if given enough quote-unquote evidence and reason to believe it. Again, Avril seems to be alive and well, unless you think that she's a body double. Um, but it doesn't seem to be that there's any any real evidence behind any of that. Anybody actually existing by the name of the body double or any of that. So that wraps up celebrities with possible body doubles, and I know that there are more out there, but I wanted to move on to a different theory and idea that maybe there aren't quite as many singers out there as we thought. This idea all centers around pitch shifting. We've all heard it, the obnoxious chipmunks, Christmas songs, (laughs) and the mid-2000s where every damn thing had to be turned into chipmunks, literally everything. If you were not alive at that point in life to experience that, whatever it was in music, mishap is what I would refer to it as, where everybody was taking every fucking song ever created and turning it into chipmunks. If you were not alive and you missed out on that, congratulations. Um, You won out. (laughs) Sorry, that's my rant of the night. Um, But to get that, that... chipmunk sound it's accomplished through pitch shifting and this is this is exactly what it sounds like. oh my god this cat this is exactly what it sounds like it is it's done by taking the original sound and pitch of a song and vocals and shifting them either up or down and <clears throat> sometimes changing the speed as well and this results in the original voice either being higher or lower depending on how the pitch is shifted and how the speed is shifted And it's how you can take a normal-sounding voice, turn it into a really high-pitched chipmunk, or even a really low-pitched demonic sound. So if it can do that, it could theoretically make a woman sound like a man, or vice versa. Cue the next theory. Some people say that Jay-Z and Nicki Minaj are actually the same person. That Nicki Minaj doesn't actually exist, at least not as a vocalist, but is actually Jay-Z sped up. The person that everyone knows as Nicki Minaj is actually an actress who's paid off by Jay-Z to keep his secret. And the theory basically goes on to say that Jay-Z wanted to explore what the financial possibilities of a female artist could be, created this character of Nicki Minaj, and everyone around him and her are paid to keep it as a secret, or choose to out of the goodness of their hearts, which I'm extremely doubtful of. I feel like people would exploit the hell out of that, but that's just me. Um, and it's been this big, long-kept secret. And if you take the music and change the picture of it by either slowing it down or speeding it up, Nicki Minaj slowed Down does resemble Jay-Z, resemble being, definitely being the key word there. There are points in the songs where certain words sound similar to how Jay-Z would sound, but it doesn't sound quite right. When I was listening to the song for comparison, someone in the video comments nailed it. They said that their accents had a lot to do with it, and I agree. They both have very thick, distinguishable accents, and I think that's what makes them sound so similar. The way they speak is is already similar, and then you go and you change and you, you lower her voice way down, or you, you raise the pitch of his up, of course they're going to sound similar. You know, the way that they speak and the way that they enunciate things already sounds similar, so, it you know, it makes sense. I do think that, that they are two very different people. And because, I mean, there's just too too many variables in that and them having to rely on way too many people to keep it a secret that I think it definitely would have slipped out by now. There is one that's a little more convincing than Jay-Z and Nikki though. And that's the idea that if you change the speed and pitch of a Justin Bieber song or a Post Malone song, they sound the same. If you take Justin Bieber and you slow his music down just a touch... It it does sound a lot like Post Malone and vice versa. If you take his music and speed it up, it sounds a lot like Justin Bieber. It's it's a little freaky. And the weird part about it is it's catchy, too. That's the worst part about it. Like, you're sitting there and it's it's kind of a vibe. Um, but they, they sound very similar. And so I was Googling, I was searching. Couldn't find any theory or anything crazy on why they sounded the same. And it was basically just suggested a lot that oh, well, maybe Justin Bieber sings for Post Malone, or maybe Post Malone sings for Justin Bieber. They are really close friends. So maybe one of them was like, hey, you know, and and more theory leans towards maybe, maybe Post Malone or Justin, one of them was like, hey, you know what, we're gonna make Post Malone famous. Let me record my vocals, slow it down, we'll release it under you. And, you know, you'll do your thing. We'll, we'll blow this up. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I will say, as Justin Bieber has grown, his music has grown on me as well. I don't mind it as much anymore. Post Malone, love his music. I definitely think they're two separate people. While searching all of this, though, I fell down a rabbit hole. I also learned that Adele's slowdown sounds like Sam Smith, and that one's extremely convincing as well. Or, I guess the other way around, you could speed up Sam Smith, and that could sound like Adele. But it's it was wild how much they, they sounded similar. I think that was another case, though, of accents making their they both have a very similar music style they both have a very similar accent so it's not surprising that they would sound similar this opened up an entire theory and world though that artists are nothing but recycled voices that are picked and poked and prodded and tweaked just a little bit let down just a little bit changed and there really are but a few a few voices and no one's really that special on that note before we move on, uh, here's a quick ad about Anchor. Alright guys, welcome back. The next theory is one that I'm sure a lot of people are going to be familiar with. And that is the rumor that Kurt Cobain was murdered. The official account is suicide, but a lot of people suspect murder for several different reasons. At some point, likely around April 5th, 1994, Kurt Cobain committed suicide after escaping from a recovery center. He was found on April 8th by an electrician who initially thought that Cobain was sleeping and then he noticed blood coming out of his ear and he saw a shotgun against his chin and that's when he realized that Cobain had shot himself. When investigators initially saw the body, they noted that the gun was laid across Cobain's chest and some weren't surprised to hear of his suicide, especially since his wife, Courtney Love, had claimed months before that he had attempted suicide by overdosing and Mental illness, depression, possible bipolar disorder, they were all things that he he struggled with, which was likely one of the factors that led to his heroin usage. And once his death was ruled a suicide, a lot of people thought that just couldn't be the case, and he was murdered instead. Most believe Courtney Love for one reason or another. One big piece of evidence to support this idea that he was murdered is his suicide note. Handwriting analysis debate on whether or not the note was actually written by Cobain, and if it was written by him, then the last part of it was likely added to after the fact. And there's a pretty big difference between the writing that starts the note and the writing that ends the note. But if he was fading in and out due to heroin by the end of the note, it could make sense that the writing would be different. Speaking of heroin, that brings us to the next piece of evidence. It has been pointed out that with the amount of heroin in his body at the time, it would make it nearly impossible for him to be able to pull the trigger on a gun after writing a suicide note. They suggest that instead the heroin was injected by somebody else and was used to incapacitate him. He could be murdered and then the scene could be set up to look like a suicide. And there was a lack of fingerprints on a lot of key items. None could be lifted from the gun, suicide note, or pen made even stranger by the fact that Cobain was not found with gloves on, so there would be no way that he could prevent transferring his fingerprints. Uh, It was also noted that Cobain, who was left-handed, when the gun was found, it was found in a position that would have been fired by a right-handed person. That was another interesting thing that was found. I definitely think it's possible that Kurt Cobain could have been murdered. Um, It's rumored that he was about to ask for divorce from Courtney and it's possible that she caught wind of it. It's also been suggested that she killed him due to him turning down a huge job that would have been a lot of money for them. So the idea that she killed him out of anger or any other reason isn't completely far-fetched out there. It's likely one that we'll never know for sure one way or the other, but it's not the most bizarre thing that could ever happen. There have been plenty of people, especially people with money and in high power, that have Killed people and walked away from it for one reason or another. And the final theory that I'm gonna jump into is one of my favorites. It's one that's been around for quite a while. Uh, and I remember hearing about it as a kid and I thought, wow, this is pretty crazy. It falls right along in there with the whole Wizard of Oz thing with the. The. Uh, Oompa Loompas weren't Wizard of Oz. What are they? The. Anyway, never mind. Whatever. Um. The final theory is one of my favorites, and it probably leans more towards urban legend, but it's one that's been around for a while, and I I couldn't have a music conspiracy without adding this one to it. In the song "Love Roller Coaster" by Ohio Players, there's an instrumental bit about halfway through the song, during which you can hear scream. It's not really loud, but if you can listen, you can you can hear it and kinda in the background of the instrument. It's just kind of a quick high pitched scream. And officially the voice belongs to Billy Beck. The he's the pianist of the group. Um, they say that he let out a high pitched scream during that part of the song just to kinda add a little extra oomph for it. The public heard it, created a bizarre story around it, and just ran with it. Um, they didn't buy they didn't buy the idea that it was just the the pianist singing and instead birthed the myth. The two main explanations for the sound are the first one is that someone or something was murdered and their screen was picked up by the recording equipment. Some suggest that it could have been a rabbit that was killed outside and was able to be picked up by the mic. I think that this is highly unlikely. Uh, Studios are typically soundproof, otherwise they would pick up Every noise from outside, every car that went by, every cough outside the door, and that just couldn't work out. Even with the setup that I have, there's nothing about this that's soundproof, and it doesn't typically pick up the noise from outside. So I I don't think that an, an actual recording studio would be able to pick up something from outside. Another version claims that this is the scream of a janitorial worker being stabbed to death in another part of the studio and it was picked up by the recording equipment. There's another suggestion that the scream is from a woman who fell from a roller coaster and somehow the scream from her death was recorded and then they looped it in the song for effect, I guess. But the most common version of this myth has to do with Esther Corday, the woman who posed for the album cover art. Honey is the name of the album. And the artwork features a woman holding a jar of honey and using like a ladle or a spoon or whatever to spoon it into her mouth. And there's another part of the artwork where she's kneeling down and she's covered in honey, which in and of itself is nightmare fuel for me. I don't know how anybody else feels about it and I don't know why anybody would want to be covered in something that's sticky, but whatever. Legend goes that the glass that she was kneeling on was actually fiberglass, and when the honey mixed with the fiberglass, it created a chemical reaction that caused the honey and fiberglass to bond together on her knees. Unsure of what to do, she just ripped whatever it was off, and it completely destroyed her knees, which also destroyed any hope she had of ever being a model. She stormed into the studio while they were recording and starts just raising absolute hell with the manager. Who then decides that it's just all too much, so he's going to just take her outside and murder her. And it said that her scream of being murdered is what's heard in the song. You know, at what point they just decided, you know what? We're going to leave it in there. Some kind of fucked up tribute. I don't know that honey and fiberglass have a chemical reaction like that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not any kind of chemical expert by any means, but I just don't know that they react that way. (laughs) So there's the second theory. It's, it's pretty similar. It also involves Esther Corday, but instead of her screams being of anger, it suggests that it's a scream of agony. Again, in reference to the album art, the story goes that whatever they poured over her to look like honey wasn't actually honey. It suggested that it was possibly some sort of resin or epoxy or something that was extremely hot when it was poured over her. Either way, it resulted in severe burns and the sound that's heard is her screaming out in agony over these burns. Similarly, it's been suggested that whatever was poured over her to look like honey possibly reacted with her skin or something around her, again, causing extreme chemical burns, and the sound would be her screaming out in agony. I personally am doubtful of any of these theories. It doesn't seem possible that the sound from outside would be picked up on the studio. Again, even with what I've got going on in here, I don't typically pick up noise from outside. So I don't think a professional studio would pick up any kind of noise like that. And even if the studio wasn't soundproof, if the door was closed and everything was closed, I just, I don't think the equipment would pick it up. Same for if someone was murdered inside the studio. Uh, I don't know about recording studios back in the day, but I'm pretty sure now the booth itself is soundproof. So I don't think it would be likely you would be able to pick up a murder that's happening outside of a booth that's, you know, even if it was inside. Or inside of the building, rather. From what I could find, Esther Corday is still alive and married. So, it seems unlikely she would go all this time with severe burns from artificial honey and not take some sort of legal action. I think this is one that we can safely say that the, the vocals probably do, in fact, come from Billy Beck. But props to him for creating such an urban legend. Fun fact, though, Ohio players never officially debunked the theory. They never really said one way or the other what it was. Because they had this mindset that you know what? if the public doesn't know, that adds mystery to everything, and that sells more albums. <laughs> well, guys, that's pretty much it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it. I know it took a while to get this one out. like I said it's been It's been a little tough. All the conspiracy forums are gunked up with all this election shit, so it it made it harder than usual to find topics. Uh, but as as always, thank you guys for listening. The support means the world. If you want to add a donation to help support and better the podcast, there's always the link on my anchor channel. I know everything out there is tough right now. I know everything is scary financially, um, so absolutely no pressure to donate. If you want to help in another way, share, review it on iTunes. You know, any kind of any kind of growth helps. This helps build a dream. I want to make this better. I want it to 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 be a good thing. Um, with all that being said, though, hope everyone has a great rest of your night. And until next time, stay weird.